Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. We found a strikingly high number of shoppers felt rushed on Black Friday, and many, um, unfortunately, lived to regret to their purchases and lived to regret the fact that they, they took part. We spend an awful lot of time and money and resource investigating unsafe products or poor products that are sold on online platforms that really ramp up their Black Friday deals. You kind of being more desire-led, more emotion-led in your decision. So you become basically more impulsive because you do not have all this kind of thought-based resources available to you due to your current emotional state. This week, along with witch experts Gareth Shaw and Ellie Simmons, we'll be diving beneath the sales banners and discount mayhem of Black Friday to explore its darker side of buying regrets and borrowing debt, as well as what this year's backdrop of rising living costs and fears of supply issues might mean for the big sales event. We are witch. We're recording today's episode just over a week away from the big day itself, Black Friday, which is Friday the 26th of November. And it's been 11 years since it reached UK shoppers from the US in 2010. And during that time, it was when Walmart-owned Asda started taking part that the craze really took off. The Black Friday frenzy, an estimated 116 million shoppers hitting the stores. Bedlam in the aisles of some of the nation's biggest retailers. Deep discounts triggering a free-for-all. Bargain hunters at this Georgia Walmart wrestling over pots and pans. The commotion veering out of control at an Alabama mall. Shoppers scrambling for safety. Tonight, those doorbuster deals at times creating chaos. Now, if we start by taking a look at online sales figures from the last couple of months, according to research published by the industry body IMRG, which tracks the online sales of over 200 retailers, there was a surge in October compared to September, but year on year, sales were actually down by 11.2%. Now, in 2020, we were in and out of lockdowns and online shopping soared. But this year, it's a very different picture. And among the many factors at play, one that stands out is the rising cost of living. As listeners will remember, this has come up quite a bit recently on the podcast with increasing energy prices uh, and rising inflation and possible interest rate rises to come. Gareth, can you talk us through the backdrop to this year's Black Friday? Yes, I can. Um, And we... Consumers are facing a crunch at the moment. Those factors that you've just been talking about are really, really stark. We had 
just this week, we had the latest inflation figures. Um, inflation measured by the Consumer Prices Index has shot up to 4.2%, mm. uh, which is the highest it's been for an awfully long time. And, and we expect, and when I say we, the powers that be in the UK, the Bank of England expects this high inflation to be running, not just over Christmas, but right, right the way through um, to spring. You know, people's wallets mm. are really feeling the pain at the moment. And a lot of that is being compounded, yes, by the, the soaring energy costs, but also We've got supply chain issues, which I know we were going to be talking about uh, later on. You know, there's huge demand for stuff right the way around the world as people emerge out of the pandemic. And that's causing a crunch on resources, a crunch on the ability to get stuff delivered, huge demand. Yeah, it's going to be an odd Christmas this year. So, Gareth, let's talk about supply issues then, because there's been a lot of coverage in the media about stock shortages in the run up to Christmas. And there was a story just yesterday in the Mirror where Gary Grant, who's the owner of the toy shop, The Entertainer, warns that this year's favourite toys will run out two to four weeks before Christmas. Now, what do you make of this? Are stocks lower across the board? And is this something consumers should be concerned about? There are lots of dire warnings and I, I don't want to tell people to ignore them. There is some tactical PR going on here as well. Of course, retailers want to encourage people to go out and shop as early as possible and keep getting stuff in. I think we need to take a sober and pragmatic view here and not whip up a frenzy. There's some parallels here to the petrol crisis of a of a month or so ago. You know, there was petrol available. It's just that everybody was panicking and buying it all. And it meant that you had to queue for ages to get it. That said, you can't discount the challenges that are going on with supply chains at the moment. So we've got labour shortages, energy price increases, we've got delays getting shipping containers unloaded. There's global commodity prices that are rising, you know, cost of wheat and sugar, coffee and palm oil. And I think retailers are trying to be as prepared as possible. You know, they're going to be prioritising things like food. I think the message to people is get planning be respectful. There's no need to stockpile or anything like that. But be prepared this year, perhaps more so than you have done in previous years. Now, retailers will, of course, no doubt be hoping their Black Friday campaigns will be enough to get us to part with our cash, many of which are already in full swing. And each year, more retailers start their sales earlier in the month of November. And Ellie, you've been analysing the sales since they began. So how have the discounts been looking? Have you seen any retailers pulling out all the stops? Because historically, we found them a bit underwhelming, haven't we? We have historically found Black Friday quite underwhelming, um, which is in massive contrast, really, to the way that the retailers promote it and the hype that surrounds it. Um, and we can see that already this year. Um, big, big names on the high street and online, Curry's, Amazon, AO, Richer Sounds, Very, they've all, all already started their Black Friday campaigns um, significantly more than a week before the big day. And there are other retailers too that perhaps aren't flagging their sales currently as Black Friday, but nonetheless, they're heavily discounting 
already. And our experts at which we track prices throughout the year, not just when the sales are on, but we look at prices across the full 12 months. And that means we can cut through all the hype and all the spin um, to find what the really genuinely good deals are. And we have found some good deals already this year, um, particularly products that we test in our lab. So we know that they are not just good prices, but also really decent products. In contrast to that as well, um, we do also look at um, how good the deals are every Black Friday. And we've done this for a while now. We compare the um, prices of Black Friday deals as advertised by the big retailers. And we look at whether those um, so-called deals are are really um, good value by comparing the prices all year round. And for example, last year, we found that 85% of the Black Friday deals that we looked at were actually the same price or cheaper um, before Black Friday. So, so often it's there's a lot of hype, but but sometimes very little substance behind that hype. Now, while Black Friday discounts might not always be groundbreakingly high, as you say, Ellie, we're encouraged to act like they are, to get swept up by the hype and crucially to not miss out. And just having a quick look at some of these leading Black Friday retailers' websites, Amazon deals, they come with a countdown timer. And on the Curry's website, they've got something I haven't seen before, a graph showing their busiest shopping times online. Now, above it, it says, get in there while stocks last. Last year, we had over 10 million more online visitors over Black Friday weekend than in 2019. And you know, this is the kind of language that's being used by retailers across the board. But rushing to buy can come with a darker side. And Ellie, I really enjoyed reading your recent article that flips this idea of buying with a fear of missing out. Can you talk us through what you're calling Black Friday regrets? Absolutely. So um, we spoke to uh, 2000 um, shoppers who shopped on Black Friday last year to really try to dig beneath um, kind of the motivations and what they felt about their purchases afterwards. And we found a strikingly high number of shoppers felt rushed on Black Friday. And many, um, unfortunately, lived to regret to their purchases and lived to regret the fact that they, they took part. We know many used credit or borrowed money from friends or family to pay for items last Black Friday that they actually couldn't otherwise have afforded. And we also know that the majority of shoppers um, that we spoke to regretted their purchases across five of the seven categories of items that we asked about. I think the most striking statistic for me that stood out was that a massive 76% of those who bought DIY products last Black Friday lived to regret it. Mm. Um, And it wasn't just DIY, 66% of those who bought home appliances and 64% of those who bought baby and child products Mm. felt the same. And on this point, we've also been speaking to consumer psychologist Kate Nightingale for her insight into why Black Friday makes us spend. So normally when we uh, make decisions in terms of purchases, we don't actually realize that the majority of our decision has been done subconsciously. So it's outside of our awareness. And that happens normally, regardless of our state, regardless of whether there are sales or anything like that. However, when we also have moments of additional arousal, so the higher excitement, stronger emotions such as shock or fear and things like that, anxiety, uh, which obviously we have all been experiencing over the last two years. So all of that, together with all of the excitement around the Black Friday sales, 
what it's also doing is taking away a lot of the already slightly unavailable cognitive resources. So your thought-based resources, your more rational way of thinking, and you kind of being more desire-led, more emotion-led in your decision. So you become basically more impulsive because you do not have all this kind of thought-based resources available to you due to your current emotional state. And it's really interesting to hear Kate comment on the tactics retailers are using and why the idea of us potentially missing out on a deal is so powerful. The main tactic that actually all of the sales, but especially Black Friday is using, is scarcity. So the idea of uh, what we tend to kind of uh, hear normally in press called fear of missing out. Uh, And in science, it's called loss aversion. So the idea that we don't want to lose something, we avoid losing something, even though we don't actually have it. And the reason for that is simply because we are wired to avoid pain and approach pleasure. And what that simply means is that the potential loss of a great deal is more painful than later on a potential of a guilt or regret related to purchase that you might have not necessarily liked. The point Kate ends on about regretting buying something because you don't like it is a really important one. But there's also the financial regret or debt that comes up with Black Friday. Ellie, you've already mentioned this. Can you go into some more detail about how this came up in your research? Absolutely. So um, we found that not only do people um, end up regretting often the items that they bought on Black Friday, they also go into debt to buy them. So they use, as I mentioned, credit or um, they borrow money to pay for purchases that you couldn't otherwise afford. Now, that could be on a credit card. It could be on a buy now, pay later loan. And that can often get people into trouble later on. Our main kind of concern at which is that we don't want this Black Friday hype and and the big kind of um, marketing campaigns by the retailers to make people rush on Black Friday and and make rash decisions that they might live to regret later. Um, We want people to to make sure they take the time that they usually would with a usual purchase um, to shop around, to research price, to read reviews. For example, we know that one in five people who bought home appliances last Black Friday felt rushed into a purchase and felt pressure. And we found that similar figures for for people buying other types of product as well, 22% for people doing DIY. um, And then also 24% of those people buying DIY products did less price research than normal. So we know that there really is quite a dark side to Black Friday potentially and and some quite hidden things beneath the kind of fun looking hype and the the buzz of getting a bargain. And I can't help but feel that with buy now, pay later usage growing since the pandemic with firms like Klarna, Clearpay and and Layby, it does feel like getting credit has never been so easy. So according to a mammoth survey that which conducted on buy now, pay later, contrary to the stereotype, it's not exclusive to Gen Z or fast fashion sites. And we estimate that a third of the UK adult population has used one, which is huge, especially when they come with a big warning. And that's one that which is calling for greater transparency around. Gareth, can you explain why? Well, these schemes have grown just 
enormously over the past couple of years and and you know really accelerated by the lockdown and the massive explosion of online shopping and look let's get the the good stuff out of the way there can be real benefits to using a buy now pay later scheme if you think we're shopping online you want to look at something you don't know which one you want be it clothes or a product, you want to get your hands on it. And then you decide, actually, this is what I want to keep. This is what fits me best. I can send the rest back, but I don't have to pay anything up front for this. You know, I can pay for this in 30 days. That's really, really useful in a world where a good chunk of our shopping is being done online. And of course, if you're using them responsibly, yeah, it might make life easier to spread your repayments over eight weeks, you know, making a payment every fortnight or making a payment once a month for three months, depending on the scheme. You know, if, if you can manage it that way, fantastic. But what you said just now is the critical point. And I think what a lot of people don't realise you're getting credit, you're getting into debt here. You're not just deferring your payments, you owe money to one of those schemes. And because the experience of using buy now, pay later on a retailer's website is really frictionless, you know, all you have to do is push a button, you know, maybe put in a verification code and boom, you're done, you know. Um, I don't know if you could hear that listeners, but I did click my fingers when I said boom. Um, It's really, really easy to use. Now, that the uh, Financial Conduct Authority that did a study into Buy Now, Pay Later earlier on this year said that one in 10 users were already in arrears. That means people have fallen behind on their repayments. Um, So it, it is relatively easy to build up debt. And if you're already in distress, and this is what we found through our own research, the people who are more likely to use Buy Now, Pay Later are... Um, people with children, people who have had some kind of life event, be it losing a job, being off sick, starting a family, um, people who have defaulted on credit in the past 12 months, and people who are in financial distress. That's not to say that's everybody using it, but they're more likely to look to use buy now, pay later. And so this can just add to that spiral of debt. And if we're thinking about Every, all of the brilliant things that Ellie's just been talking about, about the hype around by, uh, Black Friday and the lure of getting stuff that actually you don't really need, but you've been drawn into it. Then being drawn into debt um, to purchase that can be quite risky. So our argument is for people who use this responsibly, it, it can be beneficial. There's innovation in the credit market, which is to always be encouraged The critical thing is that these new style buy now, pay later schemes are not regulated. So there is a lack of consumer protections around this. Um, There's no mandate around affordability. So these schemes could be available to people who simply can't afford to use them. So the good news is that the government is writing legislation that will give power to the Financial Conduct Authority, the city watchdog, to start regulating this market. And they're should be and we hope there will be more done around affordability and the assessment of affordability so that buy now pay later is used by people who can actually afford to use it and that there's more transparency around uh, the risks and the downsides of buy now pay later because we know from our own studies that retailers aren't great at giving this information consistently to people we are which 
Now, another thing you should be wary of during Black Friday shopping is fake reviews, which has done a whole host of research on this issue. And shockingly, there is a world of product reviews written by people who haven't used the products or even bought them. We've been speaking to witch journalist and researcher Marianne Kalnan on how these fake reviews make it online and how to spot one. So this Black Friday, it's really, really important to be aware of what a fake review is and also how to spot them. So a fake review, first off, is a review that's generated through illegitimate means. So rather than providing, say, excellent customer service and um, a really, really good quality product, there are those sellers and brands that choose to either incentivize genuine buyers or even purchase reviews to um, generate a five-star rating. So the way that fake reviews become present on online platforms like Amazon or Facebook is either by a seller or brand purchasing reviews from a review selling website or um, by incentivizing genuine buyers. So that could be offering somebody, for example, that has given a review of an item, let's say three stars, and been um, fairly um, negative about their experience with it, but left a genuine review. What a seller can do is speak to that that buyer, either through um, emailing them directly on the platform or externally, and kind of encouraging them to boost their review in exchange for a um, either a refund or another sort of incentive like a gift voucher or um, or a, even a free gift. Something that you can look out for is that admitted bias in a in a review. So say for example you're looking at um, an item for Black Friday on Amazon. And you're looking through the review section and you notice that there is somebody saying that they're giving an item five stars, but they're doing so because they've been given an incentive to leave a review um, of that kind of stature. That should be a red flag and should indicate that um, that the seller or brand is using illegitimate means to um, get a really, really positive rating. And for more on this, do check out a recent episode by our sister podcast, The Witch Investigates Podcast, on are you being misled by fake reviews? And you can find a link to that in the description wherever you're listening to the podcast. Okay, so I'm all for a bit of Black Friday scepticism. But if there is something you want to buy, Black Friday could be a good time. And we've got loads of advice on the Witch website, listing decent deals for popular items that do well in our tests. And we also have a really useful guide with 15 shopping tips for Black Friday. Ellie and Gareth, can you give us a couple of your topics? So we have loads of really good advice um, that we can give from our kind of expert who've looked at Black Friday across the years probably the the top one and it probably sounds really obvious but you'd be amazed by how many people don't do it is to check prices across multiple websites before you buy Um, so if you think something sounds like an amazing deal on one particular retailer's website just check that product on a couple of rival retailers websites and see what price it's listed at and that will give you a good kind of um, idea of whether it's a decent deal or, or whether there's a load of hype around it and actually um, it's not so not as good as it first appears. Other things you can do are check the price history of an item. You can use um, external websites like Price Runner, Price Spy, 
camel 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 which works for items on amazon and that will give you the prices of that product at that retailer across um, recent months which will give you a fair idea of whether the deal that you're looking at is really worth the bother I mentioned it before, um, but be really wary of was prices. This is what we've looked at in our investigations into Black Friday over the past few years. Um, a was price is also known as an anchor price, so it's a reference price. You know, was two hundred pounds, now one hundred and fifty pounds. Um, now that was price could have been last week, it could have been a few weeks ago, it could have been a few months ago, um, it may not have been for very long. Um, so there are lots of kind of caveats around how these prices are used. Um, and so just beware that they may not be exactly as good as they sound. Um, so don't be lured in by that. Look at the actual price that it's being offered. Don't worry too much about what it claims to have been before. Look at the actual price on the day you're buying and whether you think that's a good price for that item. Ellie, are there rules around how long a, an item has to be at a certain price to call it a was price? There are guidelines which say that um, a was price should should be genuine and ways that it can be genuine is that it's been at that price for longer than it's been at the discounted price and that mm. it's been at that price relatively recently. But the, um, the guidelines aren't prescriptive um, and so it's quite hard to pick out a particular example and say that it definitely... Um, is in contravention of those guidelines or not, you'd need a, a court case and a, a lawyer to be able to mm. prove that. Um, so while there are guidelines, th there does seem to be a fair amount of wiggle room within those guidelines for retailers, and some definitely uh, are not playing by the kind of spirit of the guidelines, certainly. I would just add to that, actually, that um, watch out for unknown brands, brands you've never heard of. That's not to say that any unknown brand or brand you've never encountered makes bad products but we spend an awful lot of time and money and resource investigating unsafe products or poor products that are sold on online platforms that really ramp up their black friday deals so um you know just like ellie was saying there check our reviews and and buy well you know if you're going to be making an investment on Black Friday, make sure you're buying something that um, is good quality, that lasts, that's got good re reliability. And you can get a lot of that information from from which, um, you know, we've we've heard from countless people who've purchased something cheap, um, found out that it's, uh, you know, a really poorly manufactured product or at worst, you know, it's an unsafe product that, that could cause harm. So watch out for that. My only other tip is, it's a dull one, um, but check the returns policies of the retailers that you're buying with because we're being encouraged to buy for Christmas. Uh, have the retailers themselves changed their returns policies so that you can actually take this back after Christmas if it's not a hit or if there's a duplicate. Um, some retailers have done that. Many haven't. So just make sure that you check the returns uh, policies um, so that you can... Uh, return a good if you need to after Christmas. Worth adding on that perhaps that you get more rights when you buy online so if you're rushing and you're not completely sure about an, an item if you buy online you will be able to return it 
Um, if you tell the retailer within 14 days, even if it's perfectly fine, you, you literally just have to change your mind. There doesn't need to be a problem with the item. If you buy in store, um, you don't have the same statutory rights. So it's a, down to the goodwill policy of the retailer and you might not be able to just change your mind and take it back. Thanks so much to Ellie and Gareth for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. Now, just before you get on with your day, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, we would really appreciate it. And do also hit follow if you haven't already to make sure you always spot our latest episode. And as always, if you have any questions or for more information, you can also find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded and produced by Rob Lilly with additional support by Ian Aikman. 